Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. And we're back. Our sheep people are going to be happy today, as I said, uh, as we introduced our guest today. But uh, it's been a very, very busy couple weeks. I'm sure uh, if you're a farmer, it's been even more crazy for you in harvest season. Um, But if you're a livestock person and a farmer, boy, my heart goes out to you. It's a wild time of year and in a crazy year at that. So crazy weather. I mean, we just had the most massive storm roll through last night and it was just, it was horrible. Yes. And I mean, couldn't imagine, you know, guys that were ready to be out of the fields couldn't, couldn't get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I was just uh, thinking too, we're, we're pre-recording this because as this episode goes out, I'm probably sitting on the beach somewhere at my honeymoon. So we had to, we had to get this done a, a little early. So there we go. Speaking of being on a beach somewhere, I'm still waiting on Walton to do some kind of show on a beach or in a tropical environment, because I think that would be absolutely killer because Walton webcasting is pretty much everywhere else. Let's be honest. Let's let's just get him to Hawaii for the Hawaii State Fair. That would be incredible. And uh, don't forget also the Swine Slam Cy- Cyber Show, say that 10 times fast, is uh, going on this weekend. So October 30th, um, that Cyber Show, the Swine Slam, is going on. Uh, hopefully you guys got entered to that. They're still, still popping them off. That's uh, a great tool that uh, Walton Webcasting has. They're on their sty- Cyber Stock Show. Say that ten times fast. Uh, it's just words, man. Words are just tough. Lots of lots of syllables and uh, C's and S's. So um, yeah, no doubt about it. And you know another another group that uh, we're very thankful for that has been with us since the inception of mm-hmm. Stock is Showpig.com. That's right. The Wink Group, Showpig.com, Show Cattle Connection. Uh, incredible people doing exactly what it takes in this environment to help people get their livestock sold in an online format. And if you are trying to get some, some breads sell, sold. Yeah. This is uh, season. Showpick.com. I mean, you want to reach the largest audience possible with the best platform possible. Why, why go anywhere else? That's right. That's right. Agree with you. 100%. Oh man. So, uh, I'm pretty excited for some of our segments because, um, we're, we're getting a ton of breed and ship and shows coming in. Um, of course our hats off are always good. Speaking of hats, uh, make sure you go to our store and look at the brand new hats we got on there. Got a long sleeve t-shirt and a short, short sleeve t-shirt, uh, as long as our, uh, original, line of products and of course all that comes from fierce threads they do an amazing job uh, their quality of work is second to none and and don't forget about big paul lifestyle uh, company they've got um, next level industry specific branding going on mm-hmm. so if you're uh, a guy or gal that has an operation or a business and wants uh wants some stuff done get a hold of fierce threads fierce threads.com it's going to happen 
It's going to happen. So, all right, Corey, I'll let you go first, man. Hats off. Well, uh, this week my hat goes off to Delta Airlines. Uh huh. I flew to Duncan, Oklahoma, and it was just, you know, an all around good experience. And flying during a pandemic is not the most fun thing in the world. We got Snapchats from some friends that had terrible flights. And, uh, you know, obviously you got to wear a mask, all that kind of good stuff. But, uh, you know, between Delta and Southwest, I, I think those are really the only two airlines that I enjoy flying on. Mm. And uh, Southwest. Delta, I don't know what it is about Delta. They've just got the, the comfiest seats available. <laughs> So if if you were if you're flying to uh, look at livestock or go to a livestock event, highly recommend uh, going Delta or Southwest. Southwest didn't have any flights because you know last week Trevor made me fly from oh, uh, oh well here's what happened. So I flew from Indy to uh, Houston to Oklahoma City. And then on my way back, because Trevor decided to get married last weekend, I had to fly from uh, uh, Oklahoma City to Atlanta to Cleveland. So, I mean, I saw a lot of airports this week. Um, I haven't been COVID tested, so probably not going to. Yep. Unless, you know. <laughs> Gotta wear that mask. Our governor is all, all wild about the mask, which I get yeah, it. So. I'm just going to take a shower in... Uh, in some 99.99% germ killing solutions. Tequila smelling hand sanitizer. Yeah, we uh, we flew southwest to uh to Charlotte and um I just yeah. I, I like it. I had some points build up. It's, it's pick your own seat, you know. It is nice. It is yeah. nice. All right. Well, this week my hat goes off to you. Tourist person i don't even know what you call it but i think about this airtime I, I i go into a tourist area or go on vacation that rarely happens but i'm talking about the person that is always happy and like always excited when new people show up because you gotta know that that person it's old news to them they're just kind of oh boy here's another couple coming to the honeymoon or here's another family in disneyland or wherever it's at but they're still excited and they make the experience good because although that's what they've been doing for many, many years, my hat goes off to you because you still make it exciting because the customer or the tourist maybe hasn't been there before. So you got to make it exciting just like their first time out. So it's something I thought about, uh, you know, we're new to that area, but maybe you aren't, but you make it feel special. So my hat goes oh. off to you, that person. Spittable people. Hospitable. There we go. I like it. Yes. Got to uh, love that. Yep. So, um, so Chev, I would really, I would really like to just jump into this freedom chef and show them because it's a very, very good one that we got via Snapchat. Um, and, and it's just crazy to think the, the great sponsors we've gotten so far. Um, for the podcast, I mean, pretty much everything is sponsored at this point that could be sponsorable. Um, That's true. We just, you know, 
ad reads. If, if you folks out there that are listening have sales coming up, you've got uh, events, shows, uh, anything coming up that you would like Stock Talk to help promote or be a part of, we would be happy to do so. And we could do something a little like this. So, Corey, before we get into Breed em, Ship 'em, Show 'em, I got a special guest for us to talk a little bit about Formula of Champions, Show Lamb, and a little bit of Goat Feeds, who also just won Kansas City, by the way. So, Andy Sloan's with us. Congratulations on the big win. And I want to know a little bit more about the Show Lamb program there at Formula of Champions. To so say I'm a new show parent, and I am, I, well, I do know very little about Show Lamb Feeds. So, walk me through the step A, B, C, D, and on through of how to get one into the show ring. Yeah, thanks, Trevor. And thanks for having Formula Champions be a part of what you guys do here uh, at Stock Talk. It's pretty cool to listen to it every week. Um, you know, at Formula Champions, not just on the sheep feed side, but just in general, we, we spend a lot of time and effort to make this program as simple and as easy to use as possible. Uh, we try to limit the amount of different products that we have. That way, it's very easy for, for a younger family or a newer family uh, to grab a hold of our program and kind of take off and run with it, if you want to say that. Uh, and on the sheep feed side, um, you know, if you, if you buy one for, from a sale, for example, um, you know, we, take, we tell people to take them home, put them on power takeoff. Um, that's our 18% uh, protein, 5% fat product. Uh, it's got some roasted soybeans in it, some different things that are kind of unique to the to the marketplace. Um, you know, it seems like every year these these jackpot shows are getting moved up and moved up. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, with that added fat, uh, the roasted beans and different things that are in there, uh, you know, it helps get these sheep bloomed up and get them ready for that first first jackpot show. And then depending on the style and, and maybe frame size of your lamb, um, you know, it depends on when you roll over to the X Factor product. Um, you know, some of those white face breeds we roll uh, over to X Factor a little quicker than maybe a, a tall, skinnier breed. And with that, the X Factor uh, is our 17% barley based feed. It's three and a half percent fat, so it's not as hot as the, as the power takeoff. And with that, you can kind of put them on that and just cruise them from from you know that first jackpot show or whenever you think they're putting a little too much condition on. And we can roll them right over to their county fair on that or state fair, national show, whatever your end goal is. Awesome. Now, so those it, are our two main products. Is that a lot like some of the goat products too with that? Yeah, we our, our sheep and, and goat products pretty much mirror each other. Um, you know, we try to keep it uh, very simple. Uh, like the GTO Turbo on the goat side is very similar to Power Takeoff. Uh, and then the big league in our goat lineup is very, very similar to X-Factor. There's some minor differences that, you know, are more fortified for a goat, you know, obviously with copper added and different things. But at the end of the day, it's the same concept of what we're trying to reach and what we're trying to do. Gotcha. Now, what's some of the unique things about your lineup that your team works on compared to maybe some of your competitors in the same space? Yeah, we at Kambach, uh, that's our parent company. You know, we're a big commercial uh a feed manufacturer in this geographic area of the United States. And with that, you know, we have our own commercial research operations and, and different things. We're part of a, a research co-op. Um, obviously, you know, we can't spend a lot of money and time uh, researching show feed, but 
uh, we use a lot of those same technologies that we find out on the commercial side. We roll them right into our products here in the FOC lineup. Um, taking one example, like what Levi talked about last time, is that OptiFirm XL. You know, that, that product there was developed in a commercial setting. Um, it's our pre and probiotic. Um, all of our feeds are fortified with a really good, high quality pre and probiotic. And with that, you know, that just improves overall gut health. Uh, just improves overall health of that animal. And obviously, uh, Trevor, you know that, you know, if, if an animal is feeling healthy, uh, it's going to act better for you in the show ring. You bet. And then obviously, at the end of the day, we want these things to hit that feed pan as hard as we can. And then, you know, our quality control and safety testing protocols, uh, particularly on the sheep feed, I think are unmatched in the industry. Um, you know, obviously, uh, some of these things are very sensitive to copper. So we do a lot of quality control and testing to make sure that our our products are superior and, and better than the rest. Yeah, that's that's interesting and, and makes sense compared to the, the unique things you guys are doing. Now, what's some of the new things in the works that you guys are, are working on uh, coming in the future? Well, we're always we're always trying to be one step ahead of the competition. And and, um, you know, we didn't really talk about creep feeds uh, early on here, but uh we're working on a brand new creep feed on the, on the sheep side. Um, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever had before. And, and I think, uh, you know, we get it out here in trials and we're just starting to make that and send it out to a few people to try it. Um, I think it's going to be unmatched in terms of palatability uh, and getting those sheep to, to eat that at a younger age and get them to bloom up. You know, these online sales, it seems like everybody's selling in them. You know, at the end of the day, fat sales, and we got to make sure these things look good. We got to make sure they're healthy. And then at the end of the day, uh, when young exhibitors buy them, we just got to make sure that they go home and transition to whatever feed they use. Hopefully it's a formula champions product, but, uh, you know, there's nothing worse as a breeder, uh, sending those things to a different, to, to their new home and they not take off and start growing right away. So with that new creep feed, we got a lot of things in there, uh, for gut health, overall health, and just, you know, making sure that it's a superior product in the market. You bet. Well, uh, thanks for joining us here. And before you go, uh, where can some of the listeners go to find more information or who can they contact? Yeah, um, we got our website, formulachampions.com. Like Levi said in a couple episodes ago, uh, there's a lot of information on there. Uh, if you have a winner that's fed to FOC, please uh, get on there and submit your winner pictures. Um, we've got uh, Formula Champions on, on Facebook. We do a lot of giveaways and different things there. We highlight our winners. And then our parent company, ComboxFeeds.com, um, you know, outside of the show world, uh, there's a lot of other products and different things that we use for more of a commercial sector that you can find there. Excellent. Well, Andy, uh, thanks for joining us, and congratulations out there, Kansas City. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Corey, I believe it is my turn to do the breed and ship and show them. And you were just saying it was a Snapchat entry you were, you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, we are switching gears a little bit. This week's is not breed and ship and show them. This week we will have a clone one ship one place one. Oh, interesting. Okay. Clone one ship one place one. All right, here you go. Number one, you show it was considered the most competitive county fair in the country, and you have not won it yet. Mm. At your second to less county fair, 
the judge shared that if the project was finished out differently, you would have won. That judge is contracted to come back next year. Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay. Number two, you go to state fair with an absolute hammer. That's the entire plan. Lots of lots of compliments leading up to the show, thinking that this one's probably got the best shot to win. But right before you move in, you have to scratch it because it came up lame. Mm. So they give you the opportunity to enter a new project. So you've got one that's sounder, mm-hmm. obviously, um, that could possibly win a division. And those division winner uh, grow some pretty high payouts in the auction, but you won't win the overall deal like you originally like played. I could have. Okay. Okay. Number three, you are given cloning rights to punch a hole in any champion selected on a national level for your species of choice. In turn, though, you cannot sell or show any genetic that or originate from that clone for four years. Hmm. But, you know, obviously you can throw livestock into the food chain. Right. But, but you cannot. Yeah. Okay. So let's run through those again. Number one, you have a competitive county fair. That's probably one of the best in the country. They haven't won yet. You got beat last year because the judge said your project wasn't finished out. Like he wanted it to be, but that judge is contracted to come back next year. So you, you know what he wants. Okay. Number two, you drop the state fair potential winner that comes up lame, but they let you re-enter one, probably not as good, but could win division um, that has an opportunity to get a pretty high payout at the auction at your, at your premium sale. Okay. And then number three, cloning rights to any champion at a national level, any species, but you can't show or sell any genetics that originate from that piece of livestock for four years. Interesting. So this is, it's kind of like our friend Jennifer on Snapchat put this into almost a Avenue that she thought it would go um, Mm -hmm. with the scenarios, but this is a, a very unique and creative one. So we appreciate that. Um, I think I'm getting pretty excited about the opportunity to punch a hole in any champion selected at the national level mm-hmm. um, because that's a, that's a unique opportunity in itself. Even though I can't sell or show it, I mean, that's obviously clone one, right? You can't you can't do anything else, so you got to clone it. However, if I get to if I get to keep that thing around even after that 4-year period that I can't do anything with, I feel like the opportunity to sell after that time would still be pretty high. And the uh, building a program. Yes. Building a program. Build the program, kind of close the doors, work on yourself uh, there at your operation. So I'm cloning option three, obviously, if it's that kind of that kind of quality. So then that means we're either shipping um, your state fair menagerie, uh, although your high payouts is at uh, is in there somewhere or the opportunity to come back next year to a really competitive county fair. So what I'm doing is I'm actually going to ship the state fair, uh, what I call menagerie, because you're not going to show your best one. 
Mm-hmm. And your opportunity to win a division is probably not even that high if you're just going to take just a sound one in there, especially mm-hmm. at the state fair. So I don't want to represent myself with something less than what I thought I had that's already lame. So I'm going to ship that option because I would rather come into the county fair knowing what the judge likes. And all I had to do was just finish it out a little differently. I I'd feel pretty confident in that. Because if I was already in the conversation with the judge that sorted me last year, should be in the in the hunt next year. So there I'm, you go. I'm placing an option one at the county fair. I'm shipping the state fair option, and I'm cloning uh, option three. Yep, totally agree. Could not uh, could not have said it better. There we go. Thanks, Jennifer. And remember, uh, you are now in the drawing for the prize pack on episode. 100 so you're going to get a uh be in the running for our stock talk price pack all you got to do is send in your breed them ship them show them and you could be in the running yeah no doubt okay here we go well Corey, um we've been uh, trying to get some sheep folks on for a while it's been tough and it's been uh been hard to some of the guests we reached out to um, has some scheduling conflicts, but uh, we'll we'll keep after them. However, I'm pretty excited about this one. It was a really fun mm-hmm. one to do. So, do what you do best. Well, another longtime listener, first time caller, kind of a situation here that we did not really know about. A guest brought to you by one of our good friends, past guests. You folks probably know him by now that have followed along with us the whole time, Mr. Jordan Marks, mm-hmm. and. Folks, let me tell you what, we are talking about a gentleman that is so goal-oriented, he only applied to one one school, got in, thankfully. (laughs) He only had one career path post-graduation. Luckily, he made that happen, too, before he even graduated. He sells, raises, and places sheep all over the country at national and state level quality that have won some big ones. Folks, I'm talking about a person that undoubtedly is so fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. Just let's just get him on. I'm tired of talking. Welcome to the show, Mr. Trey Miller. Well, Corey, it was about time we got into uh, the sheep side of things. Uh, it's been a long time coming when we've got some some pushback from our listener groups. They want they want some sheep conversation. So here we go. Yeah, and you make it real hard to sell sheep when we don't talk sheep on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand, or maybe I don't. Uh, but <laughs> we got Trey Miller uh, on the microphone uh, this week, and we're excited to to get some sheep talk in. And and realistically, uh, not only uh, are you a sheep man, but you have some other uh, uh, things that you do on the side. So, hey, thanks for joining us, Trey. And just to get started, as we always do, just give us a little background on yourself and maybe the size and scope of your operation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having me. Um, again, I probably listened to a majority of your episodes, if not a number of them, like three or four times. <laughs> nice. Just, uh, you know, you pick up something new every time you listen to something. So, um, you know, there's a few of them that I re listened to this week just to get uh prepped up. But uh, uh Trey Miller, uh, Trey Miller, um, 
my wife Kelsey and I operate TKM Livestock um, out of Amanda, Ohio. Um, we've got a little two-year-old girl, uh, Berkeley, um, who's absolutely ate up with it. So I think from that regard, we're making the hopefully making the right choice um, because watching her grow up around livestock thus far has been pretty rewarding. Um, as far as um, kind of my background, I guess. Uh, so I grew up on a 10 acre little hobby farm deal, like seven acres of it was row cropped or whatever by my great uncle. And then um, we kind of had a couple barns, old farmhouse kind of deal from there. Um, had hogs growing up until like the late nineties when that whole crash happened. Um, and that was more so like my dad and my brother's investment. Um, my older two brothers, cause I'm one of seven. So I'm number six, my oldest brothers, um, early forties. Uh, I think you might know my little sister. Um, I think she just turned gosh, 23 maybe, mm. um, but kind of a widespread there. So, um, pretty, pretty long running history, I guess, in the livestock deal. But yeah, the hogs were kind of Tyler and Travis's deal, uh, with my dad sold out of those late, late nineties. Um, and then kind of just stuck with exclusively the 4-H FFA stuff. Um, I was super fortunate that my sister Ashley um, didn't love always driving hogs with a cane or a pipe or whatever it was and asked her dad uh, if we could show sheep one year. And uh, the rest is history. So we got teamed <laughs> up with like, we got teamed up with Denny Miller back then. He was running around with, um, you know, Mark Banbury and that kind of crew um with his feed company at that point that he had started up out of like somerset uh which would be just like 40 minutes from where i grew up um and we had gone from there um never had the opportunity really to show at state fair like we were uh, this is going to sound really bad and i hope if my family or my <laughs> mom is listening they're not offended but like we were the definition of Freddie four acre. <laughs> like we went to like, you know what I mean? We went to Schroyer's sale that he used to have there in Hilliard. Um, you know, we went to the sales like Stitzline sale and Alan Johnson's sale that was teamed up with like Amstead, Steve brothers, that kind of deal. Um, like waiting till the end of the sale to buy like them bottom feeding, <laughs> you know, bottom feeder ones um, yeah. for our projects. I mean, like the biggest deal, was the county fair for the family for the longest time um went to college obviously it always fought along with the deal um you know as things started to grow with champion drive and that kind of stuff and those forums uh, fought along with it um and then worked my senior uh senior year into freshman year basically to um buy livestock to show up the state fair so uh, funny story with that, I bought a lamb from LNS Club Lambs, which would have been Lee and Sarah uh, Miller, uh, which would be Lee Amsett's now Bailey's um, mom. And uh, their sale was like the day before Easter or something like that. I spent 800 bucks on a natty. Um, and after the sale, I told my dad how much I spent. And he told me to call them and say that we don't want the sheep because we spent too much money. But, uh, <laughs> you know, one of those deals, um, you know, fast forward through that year, it was a great learning opportunity. They leased me some new lambs. Uh, that was where I kind of had built a relationship with Brock at that point. Um, I'm going to call him a feeding genius because really he is. I mean, look at the success that Bailey's had. So um, we're very fortunate from that regard. But took that sheep out to like Scarlet and Gray. Um, was reserve there like first time like I had no clue what I was doing but reserve at that show um and then ended up like reserve natty at Columbus the one year we got the one year I got the show there 
Um, after that, I was hooked, honestly. Um, you know, like listen to the Justin Nathan and some of those other guys, you know, you get a taste of them, you're like ate up instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, um, piggybacked off my sister, uh, lived through her and her glory days, kind of bought her set from there, graduated college, um, you know, went to Ohio State, was fortunate enough to get hired at Farm Credit after that. Um, and that provided some, you know, capital to put towards those deals. Um, kind of finished up her show career. I think we were we were fifth overall once at Columbus, and then I think always got two in the premium sale deal for the breeds um, almost every year that she showed. But we were fortunate, and then you know obviously when her deal um, when she aged out, my phone blew up, and that's when TKM really started. Uh, met my wife, and um, we kind of took it over from there and grew it to what it is today. So. So you said you went to Ohio State, not the Ohio State. So I really right. appreciate that <laughs> personally. Right, right. I'm sorry, Trev. Um, the Ohio State University. <laughs> uh, there we go. I was a little worried. Ag- I majored in agribusiness and applied economics. <laughs> uh, but yeah, seriously, I was on the judging team there. Um, coach was under Kyle Culp when he was there. Um, some of the names that I guess that would have been on my team. Um Kyle Nichols, Audrey Neal, Lindsey Grimes, Bailey Harsh, you know, that that crew, um, a lot of very decorated showmen um, that had a lot of success. We're very fortunate from that regard. And that honestly, like trips in the truck, you know, the van or whatever, you know, um, a lot of knowledge sharing and whatnot. And uh, oh my gosh, Lindsey Howell's on that team as well. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Sean Robinson, Nick Wright, a few other guys. So yeah, she'll definitely hear that I forgot that <laughs> the first time. But uh, but no, went from there and yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. Yeah. So, I'm not a diehard sports fan, I'll be honest. I like Buckeye football. I'm not diehard into basketball or baseball from them, but uh, excited for Saturday, to say the least. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, we are too. Uh, Trevor's getting married and it's a, and it's opening day for Ohio state football. So. There you go. There you go. I oh, mean, boy. so here's what happened. The original schedule, like we, when we scheduled this wedding, it was going to be Penn state. And I was like, Oh crap. It's probably going to be night game, but you know, all of the Kirkpatrick's will be in wherever the TV's at. They won't care about the wedding. <laughs> and then COVID hit and things shifted. Then it was going to be Michigan game, and you should have seen my phone lighting up like a Christmas tree on if people were going to even show up at my wedding or not. <laughs> so now it's Nebraska, and I feel a little better about it because we can all watch it at noon, and and I can get married. So, <clears throat> absolutely, no distraction. Out of mind. Yes, that's right. So was the was the farm credit deal right out right out of college, and like you, you just that's been a career job so far. Yeah. So. Um, this is going to sound really you weird, but I'm loans. like, I'm a, uh, what'd you say that again? I said, do you write yourself loans? <laughs> no, I can't. That's <laughs> but, um, very goal-oriented person. So like when I went to college, I only applied to Ohio State. I knew that I was hoping that I was going to get in, but like that was the only school I applied. I didn't go anywhere else. I didn't even visit the campus. Um, my older siblings had gone there, except for my sister, Alyssa. She went to Capitol for nursing. Um, so I was like, this makes sense. Obviously it's a good place to be if they're successful in their role and, um, graduate from there, but intern at Cargill between my sophomore and junior year in Springfield, Illinois. Um, and then interned with farm credit in the Delphus office, um, going into my senior year and actually got a job offer. Like school started maybe on like a Wednesday and I met with, um, Rob Timmons that Tuesday 
accepted the job offer. So my senior year GPA relative to my others, not, not really <laughs> not really get comparison because uh, I already had a job. I just had to turn in a sheet of paper at the end to say that I graduated. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, that. Um, so yeah, I mean, and it has been um, a great company to work for, a company that I wanted to grow with. So um, again, kind of set goals that I wanted to move to some different places and. It worked out well enough that the loan officer in the Circleville office had left. I was in the Baltimore office. Um, my wife and I are from Amanda, so it cut my commute in half. Uh, bigger portfolio. It was, a, I mean, honestly, God's timing, perfect plan. Uh, mm-hmm. worked out well. So, so hopefully I retire from this chair. There so, you yeah, go. that'd be awesome. Well, we hope that we hope that you do too. But, you know, in the same token, you got to keep growing uh with the sheep deal and that's obviously why we brought you on and and so how you know for for the working we've talked to several folks that obviously you know their passion for livestock doesn't pay the bills uh it pays their feed bill but that might be it um and maybe allows them to buy some more uh some more replacements or whatever so (laughs) yeah yeah how how do you balance that you know that that day-to-day life of being focused on your career and those goals. And then, you know, trying to run that, that set of use your family, uh, you know, finding sheep for the families that you find them for uh, among whatever else you got going on in life. What, what's uh, what's the key to not having a completely full head of gray hair? Um, yeah. So if you look close, I've got quite a few um, <laughs> that have changed, <laughs> you know, over the last couple of years, but uh, 40 pounds heavier, high blood pressure. I don't get much sleep, you know, that kind of stuff. No, um, honestly, um, you know, for you guys and for any, you know, young listeners or, or anything, I mean, I think you need to stay grounded. Um, and honestly, you know, what your, what your priorities are. Um, my wife and my daughter, my daughter, my cornerstone of what I do. Um, obviously I do everything to, uh, revolve around them. Uh, when we, had, when we had graduated college, I mean, I probably bought, um, I think in the most I bought like 46 weathers to trade or whatever. Uh, this year we found 16. So um, that was something, a very open conversation uh, that my wife and I had uh, when we started our family, that when our family started, that was always going to take priority over um, trading sheep. And I'll be honest, nothing's tougher than pulling out the driveway. Uh, when you look at the forecast and there's supposed to be 12 inches of snow, over by Tyson Rules Place, and you're leaving your uh, year old daughter, and you're gonna go drive straight into it, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, that uh, as Jared Whitcomb says, that's what they make four wheel drive for. So, <laughs> True. but uh, but no, it really has. It does take a lot of balance. I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate that my job is flexible. Um, prior to the whole COVID deal, we were working like 60% out of the office, 40% in the office, um, and I think. Now with that whole thing, uh, you know, farm credit's having a great year, but because we've been able to kind of, you know, the, the sales staff has been able to kind of be in their element of in front of customers, hustle when they need to hustle um, and relax when they need to relax. And my relaxed time has been traveling either to look at sheep um, or check on weathers, uh, you know, at show family places, that kind of stuff. But I really do think, um, I think you need to find your priorities because before we had, before we had kids um, or before we had Berkeley, it was definitely like, we want to win every show in the Midwest and we're going to travel all the time because Kelsey was my co-pilot, uh, full credit to her. She picked out the champion in the open show. And I think 2015, 
thought it was, you know, like this one's nice. He's kind of cute. And then we priced it to Chelsea Schminke and then it like worked out perfect. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she, she has an eye too. So I got to give her credit. Um, but no, I mean, you got to stay grounded and be able to balance, um, align with your, what your priorities are. Um, and honestly take a minute to enjoy, um, my, you know, my older brother is very big. I'm like, stop and smell the roses. And they're really true. I mean, you need to never stop dating your wife, uh, take priority on that and then keep hustling when everything else is going on. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Are you ready to take your marketing and design to the next level? Darbell Marketing and Design is a livestock-savvy marketing agency that will get you thinking out of the box. Every first-time customer can get 15% off if you mention Stock Talk Podcast. Visit ChooseTMD.com today. The difference is in the details. Now, let's talk more about uh, the flock. And um, I heard through the grapevine, I guess, uh, to pump more air in, in his big head, uh, Jordan Marks kind of aligned this uh, outline and yeah. and we interjected some of the questions. And he told me that you did have a recent jump in you numbers. Um, so what I want to do is just give the, the scope of how many you're up to now, what were you at one time, uh, and then in that same, same, uh, same question, did you go to certain places to find those pieces, and were there emphasis on like the U-lines or the sire lines? T super loaded question, um, but just talk a little yeah. bit about your, your flock there. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so we had been traveling um obviously quite a bit to buy weathers um and there's always like you know when you're going through this Corey, you probably see this too is like all right there's like 10 weathers we want to buy here but there's like 30 ewe lambs also um so what we started doing was the first ewe we bought uh was from schminkies it was uh shoot yeah 97 uh, i think it was a 97 donor is what it what it was, but it was my wife's Valentine's Day gift. She oh. carried that thing around like the whole time we were there. Um, bought a few more use, um, and then was kind of running them at a buddy's place. And between different, you know, the hustle and bustle of life and whatnot, um, I wanted to lamb them at my place, uh, but didn't quite have the facilities yet. So he kind of bought me out on that set of some use that Autumn has shown, some other ones that we had bought. Um, he kind of bought me out on those. Um, I kept a, a two use out of the deal. Um, and then from there, you know, we lambed out four use one year, 28 use last year. Um, and then now I've got like a little over 40 use now with 12 replacements, I guess, um, running in the ULAM pen. Um, but with that, I wanted to buy um, first and foremost ones that I like to feed ones I like to look at. Um, and then I wanted them because I was going to have a small flock. I wanted them to be somewhat predictable from a genetic standpoint. So, um, kind of a rundown of what we've got going on right now. Um, a lot of the sheep that I we've fed and been successful with have, have come from Keith and Tanner Berry. Um, so I wanted to make sure that we got a group of use from them when they do kind of their, they sell maybe a hundred use every spring. Um, ones that they've had for a while. Um, I wanted some from Joe Harrell. Um, I wanted kind of some Rose Stitzline deal. Um, and then I wanted the rule Brian Johnson stuff. Um, you know, you listen to a lot of these podcasts and some of the great minds, um, in this industry and a lot of the winners, you look back at their female pedigrees and a lot of them go back to kind of that, that stuff. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to do. 
on the roast, you know, the roast stitch line side on an OTL and car females, um, just because they've been versatile in other people's operations um, and kind of the foundation. Uh, you know, you look at Greg Beatty stuff, Derek Adams, um, cars, you know, they kind of go back to some of that stuff. Um, some of those big winning weathers that have been really successful. Um, you know, Keith and Tanner Berry, you know, they don't need any introduction. I mean, the sheep that wins Iowa is an absolute um, freak. And I wanted, I went back through, honestly, I went through, back through sale tickets from um, the last three years on what their high sellers were and what their pedigrees were. Um, and a lot of them were Heisman blue whales, blue whales or Heismans. Um, so I bought 11 with that pedigree. They were either Heismans, blue whales or Heisman blue whales um, from that regard, just because that cross worked well on bullseye. Some of those suns, um, if you cross that with the Herald stuff, um, as far as like the crinkle Bravo lines, you know, those kind of things. I mean, those sheep have clicked really well. Um, so funny story on like the Tyler Rhodes thing. So um, I wanted to, I've always like on, you know, we search online, we look online, all that kind of stuff. And I always like those sheep, um, always like the sheep that won, you know, through the fall that they had raised and whatnot. So I got online, they were selling some weathers or whatever online a couple years ago, uh, bought two of them. And, you know, on the sale, it says, you know, contact Tyler Rhodes. And I was like totally oblivious to this whole deal because like that was just in the time where he had stopped showing and like everyone else had started showing. So I meet up with Tyler at Midwest Elite, um, probably, I guess it's been probably three or four years ago now. And I literally say, so are you the farmhand? Like literally one of the top most embarrassing things in my, uh, <laughs> in my lifetime as far as that goes. But um, as far as the stuff from them, we've had a lot of success with some of that doc solution stuff. Um, so we've got, we've got like gambler's mom. So that'd be like 50, 38. That'd be a doc. You uh, 3224. That'd be the old solution donor. Got a couple daughters of hers. Um, there's a 3132 donor in there that goes back to like the reserve camp at Louisville, um, the year Mike Harper judged, um, like that whole pedigree. And I, I'm weighing on that. Those ewes are actually in the front of the barn in their little pin, um, that group. <laughs> so, uh, they're pretty special the way they look. I'm weighing on the, how those look. And then the rule, you know, the rule Brian Johnson stuff, um, you know, obviously if you don't have, you know, everybody has dropped the mic ewes, but I got a handful of them. Um, and then the Brian Johnson deal, you know, really from the Greg Beatty side, um, but that'd be from the monkey business side as well. We leased a buck from them um, called Target Practice. Um, so they're like a bull, bullseye on Big Willie's um, mom, kept the daughter out of that and some other daughters out of that deal. So I'm excited to see you come and look at, you know, look at the, come to our place. Um, the Pennekeeper Ulams is pretty nice. I'm pretty excited about those. Um, but I'm excited to see, you know, what those four different kind of sire, four or five different sire groups um, or breeder pedigrees, I guess I'll say, do moving forward. Um, we're going to land this pile out uh, next year. We're going to flush three U's, um, call pretty hard, get those 12, 13 U lambs into production um, as yearlings, AI those deals for early lambs um, and kind of just keep building from there and keep calling hard because, uh, Max capacity in my place is definitely like 30 U's 
and I've got <laughs> 50 subs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can always have more. You can put yeah. sheep in places. Yeah. Well, you can put sheep. Trevor, what's your, what's your deal uh, about there's, a, you know, if you got two of them, there's always one that needs to go or That's something right. like that. There's always the worst one. Yeah, definitely have a couple of those, and they're going to leave tomorrow morning. So. <laughs> a cleansing. Yeah, but just some of those deals, you know, that maybe didn't um, didn't rebreed that kind of things. You know, some of your, um, I've accumulated call use basically. You know, and, and my plan of attack is, uh, or my advice for people getting into it, you either you either need to chase the elite ones, get old donors, um, or go for older use because there's a reason they have been at that place for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of my use are 13, 14, 15 models, uh, because I, you know, a lot of them have earned their keep, um, from that regard. So pretty excited to see what, see what those bring, uh, from a breeding standpoint, um, shout, shout out to Charlie Hild on breeding all, we bred all the Harold use to freestyle, um, kind of line that stuff back up. Um, so that would be like a Harold 78 on a Bush baby deal. The U that was like second in class at San Antonio. Um, that dude was, has like been a freak his whole life. And I still make him send me Snapchats cause I love that buck so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you silver Fox, um, again, a young buck that Greg Beatty raised. Um, and then at Sloan's we used, um, first string there. Um, just trying to get, one proven buck in the mix of others that, you know, are new and progressive as far as that goes. So trying to make them marketable, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. There's uh, so many had different breeding strategies, but I, I think, you know, the more and more we talk to people, the more and more it seems to make sense that go and buy those genetics that, uh, you know, if you're trying to get started or even like, you know, I talked to dad, you know, a couple, uh, it's been a couple of weeks now, you know, about what we want to try to do in our program. And, you know, we're talking about next year, cutting things in half and going out and finding those elite genetics. Um, you know, it's some, some places that we hold pretty, uh, you know, high in our standards. And, and I think that that's sometimes you just have to do that. And, you know, whether you're adding pieces or you're stripping things away and, and trying to, you know, continue to climb the ladder. I think those things are important. So on top of breeding your own sheep though, like you uh, alluded to earlier, you know, you guys have had a pretty good run placing stuff um, and finding and fitting sheep for other families and giving advice. So when it comes to that, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges when finding uh, those sheep to play at a high level? I mean, you're talking about, you got to put a lot of miles on to go find those things, but you know, once you're there, and, and say, you know, you've got a limited budget. Maybe you've been told, hey, you got to go find, I need two sheep. And, and you know, you get some pressure put on you. So what are maybe some of those challenges that you have to do? Do you stick to a certain group of breeders or do you just cover the whole U.S.? <laughs> uh, the very beginning, honestly, no, real good question. Uh, the very beginning, honestly, it was hitting like every um, every nook and cranny across the United States that bred the XYZ bucks. Um, that I could. And as things have changed, um, I guess I've been more, um, you know, the cost of this deal, as you know, has continued to continue to go up, um, just because the stakes continue to rise. You know, um, I look back to when we started showing, um, what we thought was, 
an elite animal or elite home, you know, now is not even in the same realm of, of what that is today. Um, and I think as the biggest challenge for me is, uh, you know, the reality of expectations, I guess. Um, if, you know, if you're coming to me with a budget that is X, your expectation is Y and your worth work ethic is Z, you know what I mean? Like we need to get back on the same page here of like, all right, if your goal is to legitimately win the Ohio State Fair um, or Indiana or Illinois or whatever, um, we need to maybe regroup, cut down on our numbers and then focus on quality um, and also management as far as, you know, as far as that goes. Um, we've got some families that literally come to us for one or two. Um, we've got some families that come to us. Uh, well, so I'll say this, some families come to us and buy one or two and then buy some from other places. Um, so I think that's a situation that you've got to be very delicate about because you've got some families that are buying all of them from you. Um, from a loyalty standpoint, I think that's huge uh, when they're buying everything from you because they're putting all their trust in you. But at the same time, if you're only plugging one or two sheep in that family's home, you know, has the ability to be a lead or get one across at a big level. Um, you're going to have to up your game because you definitely don't want X, Y, and Z person coming in that barn and being like, Oh, that's what, you know, Trey Miller sent you, huh? <laughs> you know, that right. kind of thing. Right. So, um, you know, that's definitely, um, you know, definitely a challenge from that regard. Um, but I really do. I mean, I travel when I map out my, you know, map out my trips. Um, I like to fit 12 to 16 in them. We leave Thursday after work, drive through the night. Um, and I get back Monday before work. Um, and I'm a little droggy, a little crazy. Um, you know, I'll say, uh, nicotine and caffeine keep me alive in those periods of time <laughs> traveling. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a group of feeders, you know, if, I mean, I think the biggest thing too is knowing who you're showing to, because if I'm showing X, Y, Z person, I'm not buying sheep at, you know, these, this list of breeders, because that's just not. Uh, you know, this guy's a profile guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily going to buy a bunch of muscle sheep this year. So I need to focus on who's finding, you know, short bladed freak neck, shallow body, you know, those, those kind um, that are incredible on a move um, versus I'm shown to somebody else. Or I need to make sure they're super cracked open, square backed um, and have a lot of as much muscle as I can put into them. You know what I mean? So, um, and that's where it gets it frustrating. Depends. Because if if you hide the judge from a show, that oh, it's it's we've we've talked world, we've that talked about that many world. times before. But it's you don't know how to fit them. I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna fit them the way you like them. But let's be honest, like if you got a one that's way opened up, he's never gonna be super sexy pretty. <laughs> like it's just the way it is. Uh, right, right. But I do right. have a, a follow up question to that though. Uh, do you ever get into, and we don't even have this on the outline, but when do you ever get into the situation, and I'm talking from personal experience, where you've placed two in this barn, but they're feeding four? Do you have a conversation with that family to say, hey, I'm only going to feed the ones that I placed, the other two are all yours or whoever placed them for you? Or do you just open up and say, hey, your barn's my barn, I'll help you out, all four, obviously my two. How does that situation work? Um, so in that regard, um, I operate it as mine or mine and theirs are theirs. Um, you know, we're all competitors, you know, that kind of deal as far as that goes. 
Um, obviously, we're working together in different ways. You know, I might buy a sheep from Randy Hill, Brad Amthauer, you know, whatever, because they raise a bunch of them and they're really good. Um, but they might also sell one in that home too. So, you know, it's just um, a balance, yeah. I guess. But I'm, I'm, I'll be curious, I guess, on what they sent or what they've got or what they're feeding. But just to maybe pick up a little bit and learn. But yeah. <laughs> other yeah. than that, I'm honestly like focused in on, uh, you know, my deal. Uh, it's always nice if you know the other two like whoever bred them or is helping out because I've had this situation in the past where, and, and I'm pretty open, like, Hey, if you want help with them, fine. If not, whatever. But if I know that, like, Hey, one of my buddies placed those two, that's his deal. I don't want to step on his feet, but I'm open to the fact, depending on my level of comfort with that person say, Hey, I was there Thursday. You might want to go over and check, you know, just, yeah, you for know, sure. one of those just out of respect yeah. and, and all that. Like you said, it's still competitive where they're still on edge, <laughs> but uh, gotta keep everybody on their toes. That's but, right. So, yeah, do you yeah. see a, a common denominator with all of those show families? Like, what is what is that thing? And we've talked about this in other episodes, but every person's different. What are the several common denominators that link your highest level show families? Um. So. I've chewed on this question a lot um, and I, I'm going to be like very detailed, but ambiguous at the same time. So like, I ultimately think the biggest thing that, you know, that, that family uh, what's linking all that together is like swagger. I want, you know, when you think of the elite, you know, elite feeders and showmen and breeders and all that kind of stuff, they, you know what I mean? They've, they've got a different demeanor about them. They're more confident. Um, they, you know, top to bottom, husband, wife, children, they all care. They're super dedicated to it and they're ate up in it, man. You know what I mean? Like I've had show families that have quit playing sports specifically because they want to show, you know, because I think the level of competition across athletics, academics, um, you know, all those kind of things, you know, the society has made us choose and those families that have cho chosen, you know, they want to show stock and do it extremely well and, you know, those kind of things. I think that's, I think that's huge and they're ate up by it and they're going to be more successful. And I think that's, they're willing to sacrifice different things, um, you know, family time, whatever, because they're going to make their family time in the barn. Um, and I think that's, I think that's huge. Um, I think the other thing outside of that swagger, I mean, you can tell like, when those big time showmen, like I watch all of Kansas City online, like when those big time showmen walk in the ring, they have a totally different first step as they enter the ring. Their demeanor is different. Their posture is different. They've been at that big stage so many times. They're not nervous and fidgety. They're super confident in the way they place their heads, ears, you know, the way they cock their neck back, set legs, all that kind of stuff, because they've got a different swagger and they're successful and they've been successful. Well, they've got the drive to be successful and they're going to come off as that they have been, you know? I mean, I think it, as a, you know, as an evaluator, as a judge on my end, um, sorting shows, I can, I can tell that and I pay more attention to some of those kids. Um, the other thing is, you know, parents that are attentive to detail and kids that care. Mm. Um, I don't want to, you know, on my end of things like this deal has gotten so detailed like if you're not realizing that your sheep is eating its legs until it's too late, like what were you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like why are we not wrapping? Are we still feeding mineral? 
you know, we got baking soda in there. Do we need to switch mineral? Is our hay good enough? You know, all those different things. Uh, that we need to change proteins, all that kind of stuff. Like I want it to be a conversation all the time. I want to be super attentive to detail. Um, because if we've got, you know, if, if, you know what I mean? If you're out there on a big state and you've got a sheep that's like eight, half it's like wool compared to one that's not, and they're pretty similar everywhere. I know what I'm going to do yeah. because I know that family cares probably a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the other, the, the last thing, sorry, I've got a lot of bullets on this one, um, right. is buying into whatever, like whoever they're working with, whatever breeder it is, whatever trader it is, that they've bought into that. That is obviously huge. You know, I can think of all the top show families in each state and who they work with, and they've totally bought into that system. Um, they're totally ate up with it, and they're hungry for knowledge and hungry for help and are putting in the work um, to be successful at an extremely high level. So that's my, that's my synopsis. I'm anxious to hear what your thoughts are on this because you got, you know, you're in different levels and stages of things. So uh, I'm going to kick it back to you. This is, this is good stuff. Corey, I'm, I'm, I'm grinning from ear to ear because we've had another episode and I know which one we're probably on the same page here. We talked to another guest and it's, yes, it's eerie how similar they both are in this in this regard and i I, i'm always this is why we always bring up questions that have been up before in different episodes because a you want to see if they're same or different there's no wrong way but the the buying in 100 percent is the most in my opinion important thing and i'm talking the kid because it's easy for uh for dad and mom and sister older brother whatever to live through that that showman that's actually of age. That's the yeah. easy part. I mean, hey, sure. you know, hey, I'll pay for them. I'll do this. I'll feed. I'll clean. That's wonderful. But if the showman doesn't care at all, that confidence, that swagger that you were talking about, that won't be there. That That's something that you can't teach. But and going back to, like, just going the extra mile for family who's loyal to you, if that kid absolutely loves it, and I don't care if it's four inches of snow or four inches of rain or it's 10 o'clock and I got to be up at six for school, but they're still, in my case, driving pigs, that I'm going to be there whenever you need me. You call me, you text me, you send me videos. Now, when you have the kid that just doesn't know, that's a whole different scenario as well. You can you can help that kid. You can build them up. But the kid that doesn't care, I have a hard time really pouring my effort into it uh right wrong or indifferent but i love every bullet point you brought out uh because it's 1000 percent true and one thing leads to the next you gotta have you gotta have those points and and i i'll say it it's ear i don't know if you've heard our uh ernest donahue's episode those who are listening if you haven't it's eerie and it's awesome because they are almost identical and it, and it, it makes sense because you have to have those points in order to be successful. And if you're a family out there that is looking at your empty wall without banners and wondering why, let's instead of looking at the empty wall, let's look into the mirror a little bit. How can yeah. I get a little bit better? Who can I get to help? And if you're within the area of Trey Miller and you've got some sheep that you're wanting to show, you just heard you just heard the way it needs to be. Corey, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, the easiest thing to do is, you know, after a show, you know, place blame because of X, Y, and Z, but like my most depressing 
time is the day after a state fair, a big show, because I'm like, what could I have done Mm. to afford these kids a better opportunity that did give it their all, but I wasn't good enough on my end. 100%. I agree on everything that you just said. It's funny that you brought up Kansas city because we talked about that, uh, in last week's episode, just about how cool it was that that major actually happened For uh, sure. and yeah. is really going to send us into 2021 positively, because obviously if that one happens, uh, unless something catastrophic happens for Louisville, I think that one's going to happen too. Yeah. So that's going to send us into 2021 with a, a little bit better outlook on things, but you know, it was interesting. I, I watched quite a few classes there um, more towards the, the middle and heavyweights of Kansas city. And, you know, you, you talk about those elite showmen and I guess this isn't really something we had on our, on our list, but, you know, I think when you talk about, you know, common denominators of, of high level show families, you know, those things at, when, as soon as they come up that ramp or as soon as they hit that gate, they are head up ears forward, ready to rock and roll and take their first step in the ring. And you either know that's a good one or not by the way that those showmen walk in the ring. And what was interesting is I, I kind of watched several of those classes roll through there and I won't point out any certain exhibitor by any stretch, but, but I will give an example of something that I thought really kind of separated a very, very good family with very, very good sheep uh, from a very elite family with also very, very good sheep. And there, there was a exhibitor that came in the ring, I think like two or three classes in a row. I mean, brought good ones and was up towards the top end of his class and just looked nervous in the ring was real fidgety. Couldn't get him. Couldn't get that sheep to set and brace and just hold a good stand. was messing with back feet every, all the time was super worried about where everything was. And then instead of just like taking that minute, just to chill out and relax and remember that, Hey, I did all this crap at home already. I don't need to be out here in this big ring. You know, I I think that, you know, when you talk about those those younger kids that maybe get their first chance to show uh, on that kind of a level, what kind of prep work do you think needs to go into that so that when they hit that stage with a good one, they they give that one the best shot they can to try to do well in, in a class or division? Yeah, so um, on my end, like <clears throat> every day is show day. Practice like you play. I mean, I was a three-sport athlete not a stud athlete by any means, but like good enough, <laughs> you know, kind of deal. But I mean, honestly, you got to practice like you play because if you look at um, successful athletes, um, anybody that's successful at all to become an expert or whatever, um, you know, you're training for a marathon, you're overrunning so that show day is easy. Um, you know, the same way when we're training weathers and, you know, doing long braces in the yard and all that kind of stuff at, you know, five o'clock in the morning or whatever, you're going to be doing it for a really long time. So that show day is easy. If we're, we better train these sheep up for to drive straight for 45 minutes because we hope that each of those sheep gets to drive for 30 minutes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? In class, in a breed drive, in the final drive and not run out of gas there. Um, you know, one, literally my biggest pet peeve, like the biggest one is walking. I'm super particular about cadence, headset, neck set, and hind leg, like how it moves, the speed we need to travel to make sure that that looks right. I mean, I think everybody, <clears throat> you know, is that way when you guys are driving barrows and that kind of stuff. You're the same way, all that kind of stuff. Fast, slow, medium, all those kind of things. 
Um, and nothing drives me more insane than me spending time away with my family or traveling all day, checking weathers and your, you know, your kids are coming out slouch, not giving it their best effort when I haven't been here for four weeks or something like that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. practice like you play. If I'm the judge, this, we're here for show day. I'm coming here to look at them. I want to make sure our fat's right. What do we need to change as far as exercise goes? And why do we not have them walking when it is June 1st or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, you know, those small details because show day needs to be easy. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah. 100%. And also like, I love, that's exactly what you just said. Like when in the pig ring, we no longer walk pigs, walking pigs, uh, dead are the days of walking pigs. We drive them. And I would rather you drive hard as hell for 15 minutes instead of walking them for an hour. That does not do anything. Yeah. Taking those yeah. same cuts and doing it like you're in the ring. And it's it's honestly, if you take a step back, it is hard for kids to actually visualize that. Like, I've been in this yard my entire life. This is just a <laughs> just another animal. Like it, it I I think just brain development wise, it's hard for them to think, I'm gonna act like I'm on the green shavings right now. And I'm gonna right. drive hard like it's tough for them. Um, but also all you, all, with some of my good, good showmen, all you have to say is, Hey, showman X, Y, Z. Do you remember when you were third last year and then that thing clicks and then they were no longer <laughs> slouching, um, <laughs> yeah. but it's all true. Yeah. Uh, and that, and that comes uh, with all the things you just said. So good stuff. Yeah. I love the family, the show family <laughs> talk because, uh, that's pretty much my life. That's what I do. And uh, every one of them is different. And those who are hungry for knowledge and send me those routine videos when I can't be there. And yep. it, it all parlays one thing to the next. Yeah. I, I probably have to delete my text on my phone like every month because I'm getting too many pictures throughout the summer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that yeah. kind of deal. But that's what, you know, I mean, like that's what we want. Yep. You hired us because, you know, we're a quote unquote expert or helping or coaching or whatever from that regard. Like we let us in, let us help. There's you know, never, and I don't want to bug you. I don't want to bug you. Seriously, if you don't send me that text, I'm worried. I will be thinking yeah. or calling you. Something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, for sure. Absolutely. Well, Corey, let's In break. 2020, something is wrong also could mean something else. Like, <laughs> hey, did COVID cancel your county fair? Is that why you're not texting me? Or That's true. Have, have we decided that our budget's just not going to work and we're done showing sheep now? Or what's the deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. The best ghost. The best ghost this year was like, all right, I want, you know, I need three weathers, and here's my budget. I'm like, all right, getting things bought up, and then they're like, you know, shows kind of start canceling. This deal's getting out of whack. Just not replying. I'm like. I think I'm going to have to find another home for these ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, speaking yeah. of budget, let's go ahead and break it down. Of course, brought to you by Brad Halford there in Kokomo, Indiana, the heartthrob of America, some may say, when it comes to purchasing vehicles. Get a hold of Baxter and the crew there at Brad Halford to purchase your new vehicle. They've got award-winning customer service, and Corey experienced it firsthand. Just get a hold of Corey. He knows. Sure. Brad Hal Ford, Kokomo, Indiana. So, here we go, Trey. We're going to break down affordable champions. And 
This is a question I get a lot because we just talked about all of the, the show families that you work with and, oh, well, my budget's this or my budget's that. And you said it too, X, Y, Z, your work ethic, your budget and, and all that. So is it possible to put together a high level set on a modest budget or is the bigger restriction the cash or availability when considering that set for that family? Yeah, very, um, very, very good question. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to say, can I say a combination of both? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, so from my background in um, finance and juggling a lot of things, um, you know, work, flock, trading sheep, all that kind of stuff, um, I've become very frugal. And when it comes to finding sheep, um, I think when it comes to traveling, you need to hit all those nooks and crannies and those kind of things because, you know, as a tr from a trader standpoint, I need to be able to pair that five, seven, fifty thousand dollar one with a couple thousand dollar one so I can float on my average um, and make that work for that family. Um, when it can, when it comes to considering a set, you know, for a family, um, you know, all those things kind of roll up together. In my opinion, I think you need to have some of them skinny, be able, being able to read some of them skinnier, really green ones. We've got a story to go along with that one. Um, some of those skinnier green ones that are bred right, that maybe just need five days of Corrid and some Wormer and maybe some new floor Draxon or something like that yeah. uh, to get, you know what I mean? To get them, to get them going, uh, pair that with one that, you know, you know, I'm big on goals. Like what I'd said before, I feel like this is a really long circle. I'm sorry. Um, but if your goal is you want to hit some early jackpots, but win Columbus, I'm going to give you a combination set that you've got to, um, you know, or win Illinois or whatever it is. You can hit the jackpots early with these ones. These are your dudes that are going to be coasting and be the hammers at the end. Um, got some examples here. So, um, Bryce Clayton, if you're listening, I apologize. But that Hurleman sheep that wins Illinois in 2018, um, a family had passed on him. Clayton's had actually passed on him. I fed him for at least a month. Got him healthy. Um, his guts were a little kind of squirrely still, but we got those reset. Um, and then they were like, okay, we'll take him. That sheep goes and wins Illinois. Um, another sheep that I can think of as far as that goes, uh, Barry's had triplet bullseye weathers. They were like bullseye um, – just so you know, Miyagi's or something like that. Like Schmillen's, Schmillen's get one that wins division, uh, wins a division at Denver. Um, we buy one. The cheap, cheap skinny rat is what I'll call it. Um, and then Randy Hill buys the other one. Um, and that sheep was like 1700 bucks. Everybody passed on him. I'm like, I promise you, I know what his triplet brothers look like. This sheep was good. It's sick right now, kind of slick-headed. I know how these bullseyes grow out, like Suffolk now, camp later kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> and literally everybody passed on that sheep. 
Um, and my buddy down the road, um, he had came to us. He wanted to sheep some sheep to show in the open show at Columbus and then take on the Kansas City after that uh, to show under Jimmy Davis last year. And I'm like, dude, I promise you, we're not going to shear this thing out yet. Like, let's get it healthy. Let's, you know, get get um, fecal samples done. Let's make sure this thing's right. Um, and just, like, promise that you'll, like, believe in the sheep and make it work. And as we keep going, keep going, you know, sending snaps to, get, you know, Tanner Berry, whatever, he's like, that thing needs a gallon of dime. Sure <laughs> enough, it came around. You know what I mean? Champion <laughs> Cross and the open show and then, you know, Amstead's family feeding for Kansas City um, after that. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, I think the – again, this is a really long answer, but the cash and ability piece, I think also you need to bring into trust when it comes to, like – traders or guys that you're working with the breeders whatever you know what i mean we've seen those sheep when we bought them or we we've seen them throughout their entire life like have confidence in what we saw that's why you hired us and gave us you know money that you could have sent your family to hawaii on yeah. you know what i mean like believe in us that this one's skinny now you know not every operation manages them the same way after they're sold they come in all you know sizes and scales of condition all that kind of stuff you got to feed on this one and believe in it and, and, and go from there. And I think that's where it comes to the ability piece, like the patience level, like being able to see future, all that kind of stuff in them. Um, you know what I mean? To be successful. So it gave you a really long answer on that one, but, oh, but uh, it's fitting. <laughs> it's funny though, because last week Corey asked me a stick him question. He's pretty good at putting people on the spot. So, uh, yeah. he, he, he asked me, which was the, my favorite purchase and my least favorite purchase of all time. And my favorite one was actually a $200 no sale that I picked up at, at McCoy's and the dude ended up winning middleweights in Columbus, like, like cross. And yeah. it is, it's, it's eerie again, that if you believe in it, you feed it right, you get it right. Some of those green skinny rats that are just bred right will go and whip everybody towards the end you just got to believe it and keep working on it now it doesn't mean like obviously the high dollar ones that are going for buku bucks they are they're already installed with the deluxe denali package you know what i mean so you don't have to install any of that crap towards the end yeah, yeah. no turbo kit required on that. yes exactly yeah yeah Corey, what do you think yeah i uh I can't disagree with anything. Um, you know, I honestly think at some point in time, folks that want to be really competitive and very successful at a high level do have to realize it's going to take some coin to get there at yeah. some point in time. And that, you know, though there are very, very successful stories of, of livestock that were bought cheap that won a big show or that were bought cheap and, you know, won a county or whatever, you know, those things do happen, but at some point in time, you do have to come to the table if you want to buy the right genetics from the right program and work with the right person to get you there You're going to get the money to do it. And so, you know, I do think that you can, you could spend a manageable amount and put in the work as long as you have everything else, you know, genetics environment, good help. You know, you should be able to accomplish your goals. But again, yeah. I, I do think it's possible. Um, yeah, and, and I, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think if you're, you know, if your goal is to win, 
Kansas City, Louisville, Denver, or something like that, I think you need to be very realistic that there's like 20 elite ones that are going to sell and you either need to gonna come to the table with some cash to snag some of those or figure out a way to feed two of them instead of five or, you know I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I would absolutely, absolutely agree with that. And um, some of the most successful families that, you know, we've worked with feed like three. And I think that's perfect. They're made as well can kind of invest your budget a little bit differently that way. But, you know, if you're going to be like, here's my budget and I need 12, that's a little different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> that's a long night. If you really put in all that same equal effort into all 12, it oh, should God. take you all day. Like, you don't, yeah. if you're a kid, you don't go to school or you're homeschooled or your laptop's right. in the barn because there's no way. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sure there's other people who do it, but I've struggled with that. I don't see how. You have that many in a barn, and you have 100% equal effort into every single one of them. Because yeah. what happens towards the end is, okay, here's my best four. I'm taking those anyway. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. You got to start with more and work your way down. Like, I get that. But if you're stringing out a dozen, that's, hey, if you do it, do it well. Bravo. Like, yeah. teach me how. But that yeah. is. That, those are called summer interns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we all Trey, know people who've got them, yeah. and I'm jealous. <laughs> so, Trey, I, I just told him Trevor last week when I asked him that question of, you know, uh, what's been your, your favorite and least favorite per livestock purchases. When I was telling mine, I kind of had a three-way tie for first, and in that tie, I bought a <laughs> pair I bought a pair of gilts uh, from a honey hole uh, right down the road, actually, from where we are now, a uh, guy by the name of Kevin Burke. Bought a pair of gilts. Uh, our goal for my brother's senior year was to get him in the Coliseum and yeah. the gilt show at Indy. And uh, we bought that pair of gilts with the intention of doing that. We did not go buy 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 to just go ahead and say, all right, now we have a shot to to do something. Folks, it takes one to win. That's right. And, and only one can win. That's yeah. right. So find the right one, manage it correctly, and you can do it. Mic drop. Mike, and, drop. And, and if you need to ball on a budget, do it. Eat ramen yep. noodles and then go feed your sheep better stuff. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Folks, you know what that sound means. It's legacy livestock imaging. I don't know about you guys, but I follow them on social media, specifically Facebook, and they just left Kansas City not too long ago. Holy buckets. There's amazing photos that they take, and that can be you. There's no show too big or too small for them, and they can be in the ring and outside the ring. Some of my favorite parts are Around the Barns. The album that they call Around the Barns is fantastic, and you can look through the same ones if you go to LegacyLivestockImaging.com. Not only do they take pictures of your livestock, but they do weddings, senior photos, which, hey, May's coming up. Make sure you get them booked. And they can also sell you the amazing prints that they have at shows that maybe you couldn't participate in. So go to LegacyLivestockImaging.com and order those and make sure you book with Legacy Livestock Imaging. Let's get back to the show with Trey. Trey, I got to ask you the question okay. now. What's, what's been your, your favorite and least favorite livestock purchases? Oh, all right. Favorite purchase is a buck that I bought off of Jordan and Maggie, Ambry, prior prior guests. Um, 
he is a bullseye Ollie Shrapnel's mom. Um, so like that donor for them, um, purchased from Beatty, that would be like the full sib to the 2017 Tulsa Grand. Mm-hmm. That deal with, for them had all those winners when they flushed him, flushed her to uh, Black Betty. Then they bred her back natural to Bullseye. Uh, just so happens that the twin brother to that buck won Georgia National last week. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So should have like 20 confirmed bred to him at our place. FF Bullseye. So hey. that's, that's also clutch. Wicked pin set, wild outline, like super arrogant on the move. Uh, definitely my favorite purchase. Jordan and Maggie just got him back today. I met them this morning and pictured him again. Pretty excited to get that one rolled out um, here at some point. So, the name yet? Bougie. Ooh. Bougie. Nice. Who do you think picked that one? <laughs> 100% got to be Maggie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, it was a three way vote. We all had to vote, but that, okay. that took the ticket. That was one. So. <laughs> There's a lot of time spent on Urban Dictionary figuring out names for bucks. That is a brilliant <laughs> idea. Why didn't I think of that till now? Urban oh, Dictionary. Dude, what is the Urban Dictionary? Top 40 slang terms of 2020 on Urban Dictionary. Google it, and you'll find Wintex is next. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the Urban Dictionary definition of bougie? I'm gonna Google it. I gotta. I gotta. Yeah, know. you need to look it up now. So, yeah. Um, obviously like Savage kind of had to do a little bit with that, um, right. song, you know, that kind of deal, but, um, Oh, least favorite purchases. Um, gosh, I would say, um, I'm actually going to kick this to like <clears throat> the money that I spent on like single buying use that were not elite. I'm going to group them as one um, single buying use that were like not elite or any kind of consistency. Um, just because I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. Like that just didn't end up working. Um, I think I only have one of those left at my place and slamming them three times. Um, that, that would be my least favorite purchase because I probably would not have any more college debt if I would have just like not bought them <laughs> and for <throw forth> that. <laughs> Heard that. <laughs> so, so yeah. What what does Urban Dictionary say, Corey? Uh, the top definition for bougie in Urban Dictionary is high class, flossing, balling, one who possesses swag, elite, ah. rich, <laughs> elite and rich. <laughs> class number two gets really technical about some French word. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah, I'm not Marilyn Monroe's. No, not Marilyn Monroe. Uh, Audrey Hepburn's in there somewhere as well. Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah pretty much something like that. So we're going to stick <laughs> with the, uh, the top definition there. I think it fits probably pretty Flossin. I think you may have a son name right, right in the definition of bougie is Flossin. Yes, yes, yes. I am. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's funny. I'm so glad you looked that up. That's great. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we're down to our last question, and as you know, uh, in season two here, what we always ask every guest, and that is, uh, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned while being involved in the show stock industry? Uh, this is another question I've chewed on quite a bit, um, and there's a couple, as some of my other answers are as well. Um, 
I think, oh, the biggest thing that I've learned is the same way my professional career um, at Farm Credit is build a network. Um, and that's going to be kind of twofold. So build a network of people that I don't want to say are cheerleaders, but are ones that when you win, they're right there behind you cheering you on. Um, or when you find success or those kind of things are the first one to throw you a compliment and not cut you down. Um, I think that's extremely huge as far as, you know, we, we spend a lot of time with our families. Um, and if it's not enjoyable um, and you're not being lifted up by those closest around you, that's really hard. Um, you want to surround yourself, you know, by, you know, like-minded people. If your goal is to win X, Y, Z or breed X, Y, Z, then align yourself with those people that have done that um, or want to do that also. And, you know, and kind of figure out a way to get there. Um, the other one is, um, you know, obviously the classic cliche answers of hard work, you know, all those kind of things, but the ability to stay humble um, because you can win one, one year, and then the next year not win anything, you know, just the way that's the way this deal works and as competitive it is and whatnot. So um, those are, those are my biggest ones. Um, and then the thing that I've learned is no one cares about you more than you. So like when I talk about all the things that I take on and all the, you know, the different um, responsibilities I have at my job with the flock and all that kind of stuff, um, you need to make sure that you're doing it for yourself and not because you're trying to prove somebody wrong or X, Y, Z, do it because you're passionate about it. Um, and make sure that you are, you know, each day pushing to be passionate and not, um, I'm rambling on this question. This is one you're probably going to want to cut out about right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it all makes, it's, it is true. And the network thing is absolutely enormous. That is this weekend while well, we're, 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 uh, pre-recording this for those listening, but we're recording this the week before, but at my wedding, the guys up there are, are the beginning of my network. That's the, that sure. is, those are the guys. And it is because of the stock show world. Um, yep. and that's, that's the branches that, that stem from there. So it is true among the other things you said, but, uh, no, this is, uh, this is all good stuff. And I think we've got a lot of food for thought for people to tune into. So we appreciate you jumping on Trey and, uh, hopefully 20, the rest of 2020 is, uh, a little better than, than the, the first three quarters of it. Um, no doubt. But we appreciate you jumping on, man, and best of luck here in the near future. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and uh, congrats on the nuptials, sir. Thank That's you. Awesome. <laughs> we will uh, we'll see you at the next show. Yeah, for sure. What a fun guy to talk to. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> full of energy. Uh, you guys talked sheep there for a little bit uh, after the mic was off, so it sounds like you might take a visit. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen. I, I think uh, just a really good person, and, and obviously someone that that uh, just su super super cool guy has a has a lot of different avenues that he's uh, involved with. So yeah, uh, just goes to show you too that uh, if you're truly passionate about this thing, that you can you can make things work. Yeah, uh, and, and you just sometimes you just have to make it work. Yep, if you if you want to get after it. So 
No, he's uh, and I, I do have to thank Jordan Marks for suggesting that guest and kind of setting up some of the questions for us because he does visit uh, Trey's place there uh, quite frequently. And uh, man, it was it was a good one. So, and you guys mentioned a lot of names and and some of those breeders we need to get on. So, uh, but with that being said, uh, we're gearing up for our 100th episode. We're going to keep pushing that pretty hard. Uh, we're starting to formulate some of the ideas and uh, maybe some of the people that may be on that. It's going to be big, is all we know. And if you have any idea of something that you'd love to hear or somebody you'd like to hear from or uh, places we need to go, whatever, sky's the limit. Uh, let us know on that. Uh, another brief announcement, Corey. Our store on stocktalk-podcast.com has new items. I suggest yeah. you go uh, check those out. Yeah. Uh, very, very cool new items that we have shown before. They, there was a chance about, I don't know, a month and a half, two months ago to buy these items. However, that went away. But they're back. They're back they're in, in limited quantity, so you got to get there early. Yeah. Get them while they're hot. Uh, send in your breed and ship and show them for the prize pack. That thing's going to be pretty sweet. Um, so once we use yours, you'll be in a drawing, just like today's uh, Jennifer sent in on Snapchat. You can do it however, in any social media platform. So that being said, folks, we appreciate you week in and week out, and we can't wait for another one. We'll see you then. Go!